welcome to Be Still, Be Free with Monica Steely, Sarah Godey, and Amber Miller. After today's episode, please hop on over to iTunes and give us a rating. Ratings help other people find us and be blessed by the podcast as well. Today, we have a very exciting episode in store for you. We interview author Sophie Hudson uh, about her new book, Giddy Up Eunice. Sophie Hudson loves to laugh more than just about anything. She began writing her blog, BooMama.net, in November of 2005. And much to her surprise, she's stuck with it. Through her stories, Sophie hopes that women find encouragement, hope, and laughter in the everyday, joy-filled moments of life. A devoted fan of pajama pants, Sophie loves cheering like crazy at college football games and watching entire seasons of TV shows in record time. She lives with her husband and son in Birmingham, Alabama. Please enjoy this interview with Sophie Hudson. And don't forget to hop over to BeStillBeFree.com because we're going to do a giveaway of Sophie's newest book. So make sure that you go to the uh, webpage to enter that giveaway. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Be Still, Be Free. Um, I'm here today with Monica Steely and Sarah Godey, and my name is Amber Miller, and we have a special guest here with us today to talk about her new book, Giddy Up Eunice. We have Sophie Hudson. Thanks so much for joining us, Sophie. Oh, thanks for having me and for Hazel. Thanks for having Hazel. I'll take Hazel any day of the week. It's no party without Hazel. No, it's not. She just brings her own little element of fun. (laughs) <laughs> and excitement. Well, speaking no, no. of um, fun and excitement, Sophie, before we get started with anything, I need to ask you how your foot is doing. Oh, y'all. I just, I had, I was just the EPS store about an hour ago and I ran into a friend of mine and she looked down at my boot and she said, weren't you just in that thing? <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, about a year and a half ago. Apparently I have no coordination at all, but it's, <laughs> it's, um, you know what? It's, it's not nearly as painful, I think, as as it was the last time, like, I feel like as, as far as injuries go, this one's pretty, pretty cooperative with the day to day. It's just, I fractured that bone on the outside, right underneath yep. the pinky toe on the outside of my foot. And apparently if it had been a little higher, the fracture, it would have been really bad news. Oh, mm. but, um, at, and also according to the doctor, if I had been a premier athlete, it would have been really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank but, God for blessings. Yes. Yes. Listen, yeah. Was it the same foot bit. or was it the other foot? It's same foot. Um, oh my yeah, goodness. Same foot, and I just rolled it so hard. Um, that, and I had on some real good wedges y'all. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and you can see like across the top of my foot, you can see where the, that wedge, like where it, I mean, it must have just swollen up right away, but, um, oh anyway, my goodness, it's fine. It's, you know, it's, it's inconvenient, but it's not, yeah. are you on crutches? No, thank goodness. Now he said I could wear a boot. I'm trying to stay off of it. Um, he said it can be kind of hard to heal just because of where it is that that part of the foot does not necessarily get loads of blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to, um, but I can wear my boot and, um, I just go back in about a month to see how it's coming along and I'm trying to, to be a good patient. So yes. it's a lot to be a good patient right now than it would have been even two weeks ago, just because, you know, we're out of school and all that kind of yes. stuff. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, Gosh. bless your heart. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and uh, Monica said that you, you, you know, broke your foot. I'm like, no, Monica, that was last time. Not sure. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, yeah. she did it again. And I'm like, no. Yeah. That was my ankle last time. So I'm just working my oh, way. Oh, good. 
I have broken the leg bone here in the same leg. Oh, I'm my goodness. And then my ankle and now my, my foot. So well, I just I mean, you need to be well, wearing some steel-toed boots to protect your toes next. I, I asked my husband, I was like, am I the most uncoordinated person ever? <laughs> And he said, no, but you don't pay attention to where you're going. And I don't. I, I do like 16 things, like everybody. I do t- 16 things at a time. Yeah. I yes. don't pay a whole lot of attention to my surroundings, especially when I think I'm kind of familiar with them. And mm-hmm. so I don't notice things like I should. Yes. So it's funny how the Lord has a way of slowing you down sometimes. Right. Yeah. Listen, so true. He, he will make you lie down in green pastures sometimes, <laughs> like no, physically no make kidding. you. Yes. That's right. Oh, gosh. I know those injuries are so hard to recover from. I, like, years and years ago hurt one, like, one foot ankle area. And just every couple years, I'll just do something to tweak it the wrong way because it's just extra sensitive, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a pain. Yeah. I know. It's such a pain. Okay. Well, we're praying for a speedy recovery for you. Yes, for sure. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. So you have a new book that comes out. I I think we're going to air this next week. So the this week, next week, like yes. how, how are you doing? So exciting. You know what? I'm good. I, I, I'm surprisingly, um, okay. I think I'm less near a little less neurotic with this one. And I don't really know why, unless I'm just in denial. Um, <laughs> but I think the last one was so personal that I felt it made me feel super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And this one is much more kind of the message of my heart, I feel like. And mm-hmm. so I feel um, it's a little bit more fun to share it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's a ton of fun to write. And I just, um, I really love the whole process with it. And um, so I'm excited. I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm re- I feel like I'm ready for it to, um, to be out there. So good. Well, I can tell you when I read it um, and just so everybody that's listening can know it's called giddy up Eunice because women need each other. And it's such a, an amazing portrayal of why women need relationships with each other, regardless of age or season of life, like why God created us to connect. And what I could tell with this book is like, it's just such a passionate message mm-hmm. from you. Like I, it just permeates every story in every chapter, how, how passionate you are about mm-hmm. it. And I think that may be what helps alleviate any nerves is like, this is just like, you have a fire for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. I, um, I do. I mean, this is, kind of, I feel like I spend, I, because I work with teenage girls and I spend so much time, I feel like trying to encourage them to be for each other. And I feel like if there's any verse that I say over and over and over, it's love one another with brotherly affection, yeah. outdo one another in showing honor. And, I think that um, I've had the benefit really my whole life of, of good, supportive friendships with other women. And I know how powerful it is. And I know I, I know what a blessing it is. And, you know, I think that there's such a tendency to want to compete. And one of the things I've mentioned in the book, I think Melanie said this to me one time, which is that we have this tendency to think that more for me means less for you or more for you means less for me. And it's Mm -hmm. not true. One thing I heard Melanie say one time was like, if God has called you to something, um, you don't have to, you don't have to worry that there's a threat to that thing. And so, um, I don't know. It is, it's, it's very much sort of the message of my heart. And so that made it a lot of fun to write. Well, Well, listen, you, Oh, I'm sorry, Monica. No, go ahead. Um, you spoke on the whole Mary Elizabeth relationship at a loom, Yes. Um, two years ago. 
And um, that day, I'll never forget with Monica there, like we listened to several speakers and whatnot. And I had just prayed going into that weekend, like, God, just let there be something here for me. And you spoke and I'm like, it was like you were preaching right at me. In fact, in the introduction, you talk about somebody who was sitting in the front crying and I'm like, it wasn't me, but it could have been me because uh, it was such a good, um, I don't know, it was so much truth. And, you know, we're in the business of podcasting and blogging and, you know, Monica has a heart to write. I have a heart to speak. And, um, and you look at everything else that's going out in, in the world around you and you start thinking that you're losing the race and, um, you really hit hard about how it is not about you and not me and not about me and not you. It's about us and right. doing it together and that we're all meeting and fulfilling that need. And just the story that how you unfolded it truly, I can, it's still one of my favorite things. In fact, I um, gave all credit to you, but I did a little uh, thing on talking about them and how, um, you know, just imagining how Elizabeth felt when Mary came and said, well, I've got Jesus inside of me, <laughs> you know, like, oh, woo, woo. Hold and, on just man, a I'm second. You, <laughs> yeah, this, this story, this message, this inspiration that you have, it really is going to resonate with so many women. I'm so excited. I would buy one of these books for all of my friends because I think it's going to be so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I hope, I mean, I hope it does. And that Elaine, like I really, I never had dug into the, that story of Mary and Elizabeth before Elaine. Um, I kind of had an epiphany about it. And I remember calling Melanie and telling her, um, my friend Melanie that I do um, the mm-hmm. podcast with, I, yeah. I remember calling her and telling her that I'd had such an epiphany about that story as I read it that morning um, in my quiet time. But really it was after Elaine. And I don't know, I think it was part of it was maybe seeing how women responded Mm-hmm. to that um and just I don't know just uh, just wanting to kind of encourage them along that line because I will tell you what you said about as far as like the the blogging and the podcasting and all that kind of stuff I have thought a thousand times that if not for Melanie I would have quit you know like over and over and over again mm-hmm. and so and those older voices in my life too and um I don't know it, I just think it's good to remember that we can spur each other on um not so we can be something great, but so that that we're we're walking out the callings that God has for us, and That's right. we're fulfilling those things. So yep. yes, oh, oh, such good stuff. It's so great. So tell us, give us just a top line for um for those that are listening that have not had the the pleasure of reading it quite yet because it's just coming out. Give us just like a top line about it, and then I love how you break up the book into like the Mary and Elizabeth section and Ruth and Naomi and Lois and Eunice. Can you just like give brief highlights about that real quick? Sure. Um, so the first section is about uh, it's about Mary and Elizabeth and about just the the things that we can take away from their relationship in terms of um, you know God could have put either one of them with somebody, both of them in crazy, unexpected circumstances in terms of their pregnancies, but they're 50 years apart. And so I think there's something to that in terms of, you know, the people that we're supposed to walk through life with aren't necessarily who we'd expect. So the first section is all about kind of being on the lookout with our spiritual eyes for the people that the Lord means for us to walk through, you know, different sections of our life with. And then the second Mm -hmm. section with Naomi and Ruth is really about um, walking with other women through hardship and how the Lord um, not only ministers to us, but changes us in the midst of that hardship and how he does that um, through our relationships with other women. 
Was that was that? Was I don't that me. Sorry, that that would be me. <laughs> that, that that would be one of my teenagers walking in the house. <laughs> oh, that made me happy. Oh, sorry, Lord, did I get that wrong? He's like, um, ding, Sophie. <laughs> no, yeah. I was like, oh, I hope that didn't just come through. <laughs> that was the holy charm to say no. Okay. Um, so anyway, about how through those hardships, and one thing that struck me um, in looking at those too was how um, how. Ruth honored Naomi, even when Naomi was a little bit of a peel. Like even when she was a little bit, um, she was a little, she was a lot sometimes in that whole journey of theirs. But the way that Ruth honored her and and listened to her really spoke to me. And the way she did not question her mm-hmm. um, because of the level of trust that they had with each other. So that's that's that section. And then the last section, Lois and Eunice, Lois and Eunice are in scripture for, a, 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 I don't know, about four seconds. Yeah. But <laughs> the whole idea that you have these two women, one a mother, one a grandmother, both of them working together to pour into the generation behind them really resonates mm. with me. Mm. So um, it's kind of the, a little bit more reflective and a little bit more of, I think, little parts of my story in terms of um, sort of what I've learned from my own mama and then what... Um, sort of what that means moving forward. So, yes. Sophie, I have a question for you. Okay. How do you think that um, we can help to make these cross-generational relationships easier or better? You know, that's funny that you asked me that because I was thinking about that today and I don't know what made me start to think about it. Um, But I was driving down the road thinking about when I was growing up and there was always like 50 plus luncheons or 60 plus luncheons. And I thought, why don't we have, why don't we get the sixties and the twenties in the same spot? Like, why are we, all, you know, we, we love to sort of segment ourselves and we have mm-hmm. moms, which is great. Cause you need that. But hey, <laughs> I am Lord. so very sorry. Listen, I'm so happy that it's not Hazel Bar. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and put you on mute for a second and turn the times off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I think one thing that's kind of occurred to me, besides I think being on the lookout for the people who are already in your life, because I had an epiphany several years ago about my mother-in-law's wisdom. And that's somebody who's already in my life. It's not, I didn't have to go out and find somebody new necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just to sort of incline your ear to the women around you. And I have, Um, I do have a couple of women in my life who are older, who I'll consider mentors, but both of those relationships started as a friendship. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just was a natural connection. So I think you look for, for the women where you already have a natural affinity with each other, whether it's because you keep running into each other at church or um, she's always picking up her grandchild in the carpool line or whatever that is. But I think we just kind of have to look first and foremost. And then I think, collectively sort of in in terms of our churches I think we can do better in terms of trying to connect women I have a friend in Georgia who they have a a group where they um, it's a group of women in their 50s and 60s and maybe even older who um, can get with young girls and then teach them how to cook their favorite recipes oh I I think that's such a neat thing and it's so simple yeah yeah um but yeah I think so I think you first you look wherever you are like you kind of look and see is there somebody who I, I'm continually drawn to? 
And then if, if not, then I think you go where those people are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Well, I love what you, uh, I love that. And especially the illustration about like cooking, because it takes the pressure off of this, like face to face, tell me everything you need help with. Yes. Like growth moments, you know, it makes it more organic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I get uncomfortable in those. And maybe this is, these are my own issues, but I get uncomfortable where it's like some big earnest, you know, across the table sort of situation all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's fun to do stuff together. I wrote something the other day about riding to the beach with my friends, Mary Jo and Jeanette. They're both in their seventies. And like, I just rode with them to a women's retreat, but even Mm -hmm. stuff stuff like that, where we're all going anyway, I mean, you you know, you're going to have women at all of all ages at that kind of stuff. So, so why get in the car with four other people who are your same age? Right. You know, maybe ask a couple of the women who are in their 60s or 70s to ride with you. And just little things like that, I think, kind of open up our um, our relationships with each other. And I, I got the biggest kick out of them um, on that trip, just riding down to the beach with them and then riding home with them. And then we all went to lunch just a couple of weeks ago. So, Aww. yeah, I, you know, that's just a simple little thing. And it doesn't have to be a big program or a big checklist. Right. Yeah. I experienced that. Um, like, it just came to my mind, like, a few years ago, we had a women's retreat. And Monica was speaking. And I uh, just went, you know, as, like, a attendee. And uh, – uh, Monica was really the person there that I was closest with, but she was off, you know, doing her thing, getting ready to speak. And so I was kind of forced into a situation where I needed to like branch out and be closer to other people. And I went into one of the cabins that was some of the older women and they were all sitting around drinking wine, talking, and it was wonderful. (laughs) And, um, I, I kind of sat down with them and I don't know how it started. I think I was like 24 at the time. And I said something like, uh, well, what were you doing when you were 24? And then, then we just, and there were like 15 of those women in that room. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we just started kind of going around and it, it became this thing where each person was going around the room and saying, well, when I was 24, I was doing this. One of them ended up saying, well, when I was 24, I was training for the Olympics. And yeah. I mean, just the things that you like learn about people that you, yeah. it, you just wouldn't Otherwise, no. Otherwise, no. And it was such a great growing experience for me. I think that this, I don't know that this is something that we are talking about very Mm -hmm. much right now. And I think it is so important. There's so much growth that we're missing out on by not tapping into those resources that are all around us. Yeah, I think one thing I I know I do too is like in that kind of environment, sometimes I have a tendency if I, if I try to, to sort of make my way into a group of people who are mostly my same age, I, I start doing that comparison thing. Like yeah. I start like, yeah. okay, well they, they have four kids. So that like there, I can't, I can't complain yeah. about, my, about yeah. you know, how tough it is with one or right. I start doing that kind of thing. And yeah. I found that when I'm with older women, I relax. Yes. That's so true. Whatever, whatever their story that's behind them is, I, I don't know. They just, they just, um, it's a non-threatening place to yeah. be real. Yeah, you become oh, a sponge so in that situation. Yeah, you know, you're, you're the sponge, and it sometimes it feels good to be the sponge soaking it all in, yes. instead of feeling like you're the water pouring it all out. And right. I love that you talked. Um, you correlate a lot uh, going into the purpose of the book when you were 14, and the people who spoke into your life when you were 14. And I have a 14-year-old daughter, so that uh, was great perspective for me just thinking about us. But you said something in the, in the I can't remember if it was in the intro or if it was in the first chapter, and it really 
um, resonated with me. And you said that moms can't be everything, can't have all the answers. And then you said, in fact, I don't think that moms are actually supposed to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, touch on that just a little bit. Cause, um, I, man, that, it, that hits a chord a little differently than saying, Hey, you need to go and put yourself in the place of meeting other people. But now you're saying, Hey, go and let your daughters, right. um, be led by other women. Talk about that for a second, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the things I say is like, thank the Lord for sweet mamas. I mean, good grief, we're, we're all better for sweet mamas. But I do think there are gaps that mamas aren't necessarily meant to fill. I think we need to learn how to have, how to be safe with other women. And, and one thing that I have seen over and over, you know, my job is I'm sort of the on-campus mama at a school for our high school girls. And and over and over again, I've had mamas say to me, like, I'm so glad there's another voice in her mm, life. I'm yes. so glad there's another voice. And it's not because it's my voice. It's just because you need reinforcement. And sometimes when there's tension in a relationship, you need some backup mm-hmm. from somebody else. You, sometimes you need a different perspective. But more than anything, I think I learned growing up that as much as I needed to listen to my mom, I also had a lot of other wisdom around me. It didn't contradict my mother, right? but it reinforced what she was trying to, to put out there with my sister and my brother and me. And so, um, yeah, I think it was, it was so good early on to learn that those other women, that my friends' moms or women who were involved at my church um, didn't see, like weren't trying to develop a relationship with me for some ulterior motive, they just genuinely loved their daughter's friends. That um, it was good for me to to have women in my life who were supportive, who were encouraging, who were wise, who were not my mother. Well, it's like Sarah said, it's so reassuring, um, especially like my daughter's 12 and this summer she's never been away for like for a camp sort of situation and, right. and never been away from home for more than like a night. Um, but she's going on a mission trip for five nights and then she's going to a summer camp for five nights. Um, and this was one of those situations where like, you know, she's grown up in church, her dad's a pastor, but, um, I gave her the option to say like, yes, I want you mom to help be a leader on these trips or no, I don't. Mm. And, Uh you know, I told her I won't get my feelings hurt either way. And I haven't, but she's like, "I, I don't want you to go. And I know she means that in the best way, but there's a lot of reassurance because I know the leaders that are going are going to be those voices for her while I'm not there. And Mm -hmm. like you said, not contradict, but help enforce some things that are being said at home, but she'll hear it differently from other people. Yeah. 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 I don't know what it is. You know, sometimes we just, um, we just, I don't know. We just, we need those reinforcements. I think I still need those reinforcements. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Yes, Exactly. And I think too, because when I, and I say this in the book, like when I was younger, when I was in my early twenties, I didn't appreciate how powerful that voice could be in the, in the lives of other girls. And I didn't handle it real well. Yeah. Like I didn't, um, I don't think I deliberately misled anybody, but I don't, but I didn't get it. You know what I mean? I didn't understand the responsibility of it. And so, but even there in that weakness of mine, there were older women who through their example kind of came alongside me and said, no, this is what it needs to look like. Yeah. And so I think that that's something else that we can do for each other is just to remind each other, you know, of the, the sort of the, the responsibility of it. And also the, 
the gift that it is to be able to walk through life together. So I'm very, very grateful that when, that when I got it wrong, there were women who loved me enough to stick by me and say like, no, like, right. <laughs> you know, here's, here's how this works better. And so, um, I don't I, know. I think that that's such a too. good reminder as somebody like I, when I, I was such a knucklehead all through college in my twenties, mm-hmm. um, I guess I am, but yeah. there were, there were, I mean, just such a knucklehead. I mean, uh-huh. oh my gosh, but there were women that God put in my life to speak things and I never responded. I never the right way turned my life around, but they did plant seeds that yes. later I, I, that did come to fruition later. And I think that is an encouragement to those women. Like don't stop putting the word out there. Don't stop encouraging. Don't stop planting those seeds. Even if you don't see it, you don't know what's going to happen 10 years down the road. So yes. don't get discouraged or stop doing that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I, what, what strikes me looking back is there were women, especially in that early twenties part of my life who no doubt thought sister, like <laughs> this is not your finest hour. Um, but the way that even in that, they, they did continue to scatter that seed without yeah. judgment. Like, and even, yeah. I mean, they weren't afraid to tell me the truth. Don't misunderstand me, but, but they, they continued, they didn't lose faith in me. Yeah. So right. to speak. And or, so that, yeah. that, that, that powerful. Yeah. Yes. Or walk yeah. away. Like that's right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. This is a book that I want to give to my mom and to my grandmother Mm -hmm. and to my 20 year old niece. I mean, I just, there's so many, uh, like every woman in every phase of life, I feel like right now, uh, could benefit from reading this book. Oh, absolutely. Like how great would it have been to have this in your (laughs) twenties? Oh, listen. Yeah. It's so I great. I've been in my 20s, I'll tell you that much. I should have <laughs> gotten past page one. Yeah, I'd have been like, mm, thanks. It, it's just been like, here are some things I would like to do. That would have been. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it would have um, been getting up Sophie, not getting up Eunice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I hope that uh, you're going to be able to get a break this summer. I know that um, kind of everything's been culminating to like this week for you. Um, But we wanted to ask you, you know, our podcast is Be Still, Be Free. And um, we always like to hear what areas uh, in your life uh, are you searching for some stillness or are you looking to, to be still in the upcoming months? Oh, golly. I write down just this morning, like I think sometimes... Especially, and y'all know when you when you are involved in ministry, um, the thing that can suffer sometimes the most in that is your personal, like your sense of intimacy with God, mm-hmm. and because you're so busy, like you're doing all the things, but right. you're not, mm-hmm. you're not still. And like just this morning, I wrote in my journal, I just wrote, "Creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me." Mm-hmm. I think that that I, I think. I, in a way, this is going to sound really odd, but um, there's a part of me I really miss the Lord right now. I know that He's there. Yeah, it's not. You know what I mean? But oh I yeah. Have, I, I have not. Um, there are just times when there's that sweetness in your relationship, and I feel like things have been so crazy lately. I'm really missing that a lot, mm-hmm. and so um, I just ordered. Um, it's supposed to get here today. I just ordered a Paul David Tripp's devotional book called Me Morning Mercies. I don't know if y'all have seen that, but no, but I'm writing. Um, I've that heard down. so many great things about it recently, and so I've got that coming in. And I really like that's that's where I want to be still um, this summer. That's it's just great. and um, because I just I feel this 
I don't know. It's just that tug at my heart that, yep. you know, I'm, that I need to. It's time. I need to pay some attention there. Yeah. Yeah. We have all been there. I'm, I'm sure. I know. And I always get so frustrated with myself when I move out of that place. And I think at some point God just kind of gave me this piece, like it's going to ebb and flow and just don't get too far. It happens. Yeah, it does. It does ebb and flow. And I remember being in this exact same spot, this exact same time last year. And I really, um, I let it go too long. Like I, I really, um, I don't know. I just let some, I let some distance creep in there and I I was okay with it. And Mm so I, um, I mean, not really, but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so, uh, so I really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to just, um, I don't know, to kind of digging in and seeing what, um, seeing what I need to, to hear and what I need yeah. to learn and all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, we'll be, uh, we'll be praying for you in that. Yeah. This summer. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate well, it. Sophie, we don't want to um, keep you too much longer. I think you have a probably a full day. Um, but we just thank you so much for being with us today and taking yes. the time to share your heart and to let us know about your book. And um, we are going to do a giveaway and give away a copy of the new book to a lucky listener. So um, we'll give all the details to that in just a few minutes. But thank you so much. I always love talking to y'all. Thanks for what you do. And thanks for having me. And thanks for... Um, the way you encourage women. Well, oh my it. gosh. You're the well, best. You are we awesome. Love you. We love you. If you ever end up in Highlands, let me know. Because yes. I'll <laughs> take you to lunch. <laughs> I, I really will. And I think, honestly, I may be up there. I mean, we're going to try to get up there this summer. One of, well, this is a whole other sideline story. But one of my sweet friends um, who is a little older than I am, they actually have a place up there. And we have been trying for a year. And she said a couple of weeks ago, she was like, I am going to get you to the mountains this summer. So, Aww. Oh, my gosh. I will be. Oh, you'll have a great time. That would be awesome. Well, I would never infringe on your family time, but if you did find yourself with a morning that you weren't feeling quite so introverted and wanted to have coffee or breakfast or lunch, <laughs> I I'm would love it. right I down love the road. It. I would love it. Okay. Well, I'll let you know if we're headed that way. Awesome. Thank you so much, <laughs> Sophie. Thank you, Sophie. And congratulations so on much. the book and the launch. Yes. Appreciate it. Thank y'all. Bye. Thanks everybody for listening to this interview with Sophie Hudson. Please make sure you hop on over to our website, www.bestillbefree.com for more information about today's episode and to sign up to win a free copy of Sophie's book, Giddy Up Eunice. Thanks. Bye.